Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am your host here each and every week on the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things estate planning, elder law, asset protection, in uh, our law firm called the Seckler Law Firm that is in Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania, with a couple other offices. Um, we do a couple of things here. Uh, We do wills and trusts and and write estate plans for people. We help people in a post-death administration uh, situation. Uh, We help executors do their jobs well. And we also do nursing home crisis cases, which is when somebody goes into a nursing home and they're going through thousands and thousands of dollars a month, we help try to solve that financial problem, get people the care they need without going broke in the process. And a couple of weeks ago on one of our episodes – I did a, uh, a series of elder law mistakes to avoid making, and we were talking about different things that people can screw up when uh, they go to the nursing home. And as a result of that episode, we got a whole bunch of questions about Medicaid eligibility for the nursing home. And so what I thought I would do with this week's episode is sort of do like a back-to-the-basics episode on Medicaid eligibility and how one can become eligible for Medicaid to pay for nursing home expenses uh, what are the rules? What are the opportunities? And so we're going to spend our um, show this morning uh, talking about that. Now, if you want to hear that old episode, or frankly, any of the other episodes, this is done on the radio, so you might be hearing this on Word FM 101.5 in Pittsburgh on a Saturday mornings. Uh, you can also check out the Life and Legacy show on our podcast. So if you know how to get to podcasts on Apple iTunes or Spotify or if you go to our website, you can find old episodes. There's over 100 episodes. I think two weeks ago, I forgot to celebrate, we had done 100 episodes of uh, the Life and Legacy show, which means you know these shows are roughly a half an hour. So 50 hours of continuing education on estate planning and elder law issues. If you just find our channel on Spotify or Apple, they're all there. It's free. And I try to make these things pretty darn valuable. Uh, so if you have questions around the things that we're talking about, I would encourage you to go check out that content. I'm not sure of anyone else in the country really that's putting out that kind of content every week. And so you can go check it out. Now, remember, as we go through this material today, uh, this is for your education in information. I am not your attorney. If you have legal problems, we would love to be able to assist you with those problems. But this is for your general information. So don't make any legal or financial decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show. Um, If you have a legal problem, you need to hire a lawyer to help you with that. You can find out more about my law firm at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. And since we're talking about nursing home and elder law issues today, uh, one thing I'd like you to know is if you do have someone in a nursing home, be it a spouse, yourself, uh, uh, elderly parent, and you're wanting to know if um, we can help to protect assets and get the person the care they need, we give free consultations in those cases. So just give us a call, 724-546-4227. Again, I'll do it again, 724-546-4227, and we'll give you a free consultation. And our job on that consultation is really not to sell you anything. Our job on that consultation is to figure out if you call the right phone number. Right? You want to know, did I reach out to the people that can help me? Do I have a problem they can help us with? And, you know, what we want to know is, is, is the caller, because we get lots of phone calls, is the caller that is calling us right now, 
Are they actually calling us with a problem we can help them with? And then we'll talk to them about what that could be. And if they are not calling us with something we can help them with, is there anybody else we can hook them up with that can help them solve their problem? See, the thing about this nursing home, elder law situation, people find themselves going into a long-term care situation with almost no education on this. People don't understand. The the common listener to this show, I'm going to bet, does not know the difference between a personal care home and a skilled nursing facility. Most people don't understand the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. Most people don't understand which of those programs pays for what benefits. And, you know, the, the thing about all this is there is no help desk. There's there's no senior help desk out there. Now, we do have area agencies on aging, and they do their best. Um, but the, the, the challenge is... You know, there's so many organizations. Most of this health care is being provided by private institutions. Um, which one do I choose? Which one's good at what? And, and it's just too much information to process, which is why here at the Secular Law Firm, you know, we have lawyers working on this, but we also have a social worker on our staff because often what we're trying to do is help people find the right kind of care while we're helping them figure out how to pay for it. Uh, and and help you avoid mistakes along the way. You know there there is no cheat code here. There's no there's no uh, one size fits all solution to finding a senior health care in their senior years. Um, and we've gotten pretty darn good at it over the years. So if you need some help, reach out to us. SecularLawFirm.com. S e c h l e r LawFirm.com. Now, I said in this episode what we're going to be chatting about is uh, Medicaid eligibility. So let's do some context here. Um, when a senior, let's assume we, we're working with a senior, someone at least over the age of 65, needs some form of long-term care. Most people over the age of 65 are on Medicare for their primary health care insurance, right, Medicare. But here's the thing about Medicare, and this is like the biggest broken promise that our government has for our seniors, is M- Medicare doesn't pay for custodial long-term care. Medicare doesn't pay for the single biggest expense that most seniors face, that is the need of long-term care. And the Alzheimer's Association is saying that one in three seniors will have dementia. So you look at this and you say, okay, one in three of us will have dementia. According to some studies, two out of three of us will need some form of long-term care. And Pennsylvania, the state of Pennsylvania, says that the average monthly cost of a skilled nursing facility in Pennsylvania is $14,676 a month, fifteen grand a month, $180,000 a year. And so, okay, let's, let's, let's do some multiplication here. I got a one in three chance of having dementia. I got a two in three chance of needing some form of long-term care. And nursing homes cost $180,000 a year. Why are so many people going into this blind? Why is no one trying to fix this problem? You know, recording this episode and it's the weekend prior to the election and i was listening to the debate that um that the two pennsylvania senate candidates had a few weeks ago and here's the thing about it nobody's talking about this i don't care blue red nobody is seriously trying to fix the biggest issue that seniors face in this country and that is if i'm a middle class senior and i have my home and i have a nest egg and i'm trying to get through retirement What happens if I go into a long-term care setting? And the answer is, you are on your own, right? I heard someone recently called this the yo-yo plan. You are on your own. And at 180 grand a year, there's not many families that can stand that for very long. 
And so if Medicare isn't going to pay for our long-term care, who else is? And the answer is if we don't have long-term care insurance, which nearly no one does or no one has adequate long-term care insurance, then we have to look at the only other payment source out there for most people, and that is Medicaid, what we call medical assistance here in Pennsylvania. Now, if you're listening to the show and you don't happen to be in Pennsylvania, understand, please, that these rules will vary in your state. Medicaid is a federally funded, somewhat federal mandated rules with the states having lots of room for manipulating the eligibility requirements to meet their needs, right? So it's a, it's a federally funded, partially federally funded program, state implemented, and all the states do it differently, right? So here's generally how this works, though. Medicaid treats single people differently than they treat married people, and Medicaid treats assets, like your savings, your retirement account, your house, your, your assets, differently than your income, okay? So let's do this. we got single and married, and we have assets and income. Now, for a single person, a widower, a widow, somebody goes into a nursing home. Let's say mom is a widow. She owns a home. She has some money in the bank. She ends up going to a skilled nursing facility because, see, Medicaid will only pay for skilled nursing facilities. Medicaid in Pennsylvania doesn't pay for care in, say, a personal care home or an assisted living. They just they just don't pay for it. They should because then they could be taking care of people at a lower cost, but that would be too reasonable for people in the government to figure out, and so they just don't pay for it. Um, the so we'll call her uh, we'll call her Jane. Jane ends up in a nursing home. Uh, she owns a home, and let's say she has two hundred thousand dollars of savings in uh, retirement accounts or, or wherever. So she is allowed to go on Medicaid and own a home, but she's not allowed to own two hundred thousand dollars. So what happens is she starts writing checks from the two hundred thousand dollar account month after month at the rate of fifteen thousand dollars a month until that money is essentially gone. She's able to keep just a couple of thousand dollars. So she keeps two grand, and then now she is asset eligible for Medicaid, but we can't forget the income. So Jane has a Social Security check and maybe a small pension. That money, that income, the Social Security check and the pension, has to go to the nursing home every month as part of what they call her patient pay liability. Um, Jane is only allowed to keep $45 a month for all of her personal needs, $45 a month. So now we took all of her money. Well, the, you know, the, this government system took all of her money. She's in a nursing home. They're taking all of her monthly income, but she's still allowed to have a home. But wait a second here. She has no money. She has no income. Who's paying the property taxes? Who's paying the utilities? Who's mowing her grass? Who's insuring this car? She's also allowed to have a car. Who's insuring the car that no one's driving and doesn't have any gas in the tank because there's no money for gas? Like, we don't have any money for any of those things. And what ends up happening is the kids, if she has kids or a power of attorney or somebody helping her, will want to sell the house. They'll say, look, thank goodness Jane is finally on uh, the Medicaid, but... She doesn't have any money for her property taxes, so we need to sell her house. Well, okay, but if they sell her house, now what does she own? She owns cash. Sell the house for $150,000. Jane now owns $150,000, not allowed to have $150,000. So Jane will get booted off of Medicaid until the money's gone. 
then they'll allow her back on Medicaid, which is a short way of saying she's going to lose her home because she has dementia. Um, you know, because, see, if she had some other health care issue, let's say Jane was wrestling with cancer, and not that that's any better from a medical standpoint, but from a financial standpoint, if her treatment related to her ailment is acute, surgery, medication, chemotherapy, that's paid for by Medicare. She's on Medicare. They pay for acute care. But if her health care issue is custodial in nature, like dementia or mobility issues or Parkinson's disease or a stroke, they don't pay for that custodial long-term care. Medicare doesn't pay for it. So now we're looking at Medicaid, right? So, so she's gone broke. And it's not popular for politicians to say we're allowing our seniors to go absolutely broke in this country because of the health care issue they will ultimately have, while some other seniors who also have health care issues are allowed to keep their home. But that's what's happening. And so then sometimes, though, kids will say, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. I get it. Can't sell Jane's house because she'll lose the money. So then what, uh, what about if we, uh, we, just, we, the kids, just pay the property taxes and the utilities? We'll float the thing because I've read Mom's Will, and Mom's Will says when she passes away, we inherit the house, and so it will probably be worth our while to pay the property taxes. Um, but that's not going to happen. See, because in Pennsylvania, if you pass away still owning a house after having been on Medicaid, they take the house when you pass away through what's called an estate recovery claim, estate recovery, post-death recovery. So essentially the way that it works is mom eventually passes away. The kids are the executor. The executor of the will is forced to sell the house to come up with some cash to pay back the state of Pennsylvania for everything they spent on care. So, you know, some states exclude the primary residents from this claim. Like Florida, for example, doesn't come after the house, but Pennsylvania has decided that they want to come after the house. Is that, you know, how do they get away with it? Because nobody knows these rules. People don't know that Florida doesn't take your house or Pennsylvania does take your house because if people knew that Florida took your house and Pennsylvania doesn't take your house, I think that we probably would be chatting about this in uh, in the legislature in Harrisburg. But, you know, look, they, these guys just don't really want to talk about this stuff because it's too darn uncomfortable. Um, okay, so... That's a single person. The net effect of a single person going to a nursing home is they will go to zero. They will lose their entire life savings. They will lose their home. They will lose everything if they're in the nursing home long enough, which is tragic because we've got the baby boomer generation coming into their senior years. And this is the biggest generation and the wealthiest generation, and they're going to lose their money because the government system is going to fail them from a health care standpoint. And it is unfortunate, but it's the reality. Right? Um, and so if you don't accept this reality, I encourage you to consider protecting your assets. That's why we do a almost weekly asset protection workshop where we teach you how to protect yourself from this broken system. Right? Um, you can find out all about that at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com, or give us a buzz at 724-546-4227. Now, when you're on the website, there's lots of information. There's videos. You can, you can check out our YouTube channel where these radio shows. So I'm doing this on the radio. We also record this as a podcast, so you can check out the old uh, radio shows. And it's also on our YouTube channel. I'm currently recording this on video so that you can, you can get all this content whenever you want. 
um, because I am tired of people losing their house to dementia. I'm just tired of it, and there are solutions. You just have to take action. Okay. Now, let's quickly do a married case. Now, let's do Fred and Wilma. Fred and Wilma, Fred is in the nursing home. Wilma is out in the community. The way that this works is Wilma may get to keep the house. So she, from an eligibility standpoint, she gets to keep the house. So we can get her the house. She's allowed to keep half of their money. The other half of their money needs to be spent on care. So if Fred and Wilma own a house in $200,000, Wilma is allowed to keep 100 Fred's 100 is going to go to the nursing home. Once it's gone, Fred is going to be asset eligible for Medicaid. But here's the challenge for Wilma. They still take some of his income, perhaps all of his income. So Wilma, the healthy spouse, now she's allowed to keep her own income, but she may not get to keep all of dad's income. Some of dad's income may need to go to the nursing home every month. And if that income needs to go to the nursing home every month, that makes it difficult for Wilma to pay her bills. Because last month when Fred was at home, they had $4,000 of monthly income. Now that Fred is in the nursing home and some of his income needs to go to the nursing home, maybe now she only has $2,500 of monthly income. And the bills don't go down, right? We're, the only thing we're not paying for is dad's food, right? The property taxes are the same. The utilities are the same whether dad's there or not. And so um, the money that they allowed her to keep, the half she was allowed to keep in the first place, starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And this is tragic. And, you know, before you, you, you may be listening to the show and you think, well, you know, maybe we have more money than that. So, so here's the problem. The healthy spouse is allowed to keep half of the money, but there's a maximum on that. She's allowed to keep half of the money up to a maximum of just under $138,000. So if a family has $200,000, she's allowed to keep half. If the family has $600,000, she's allowed to keep 137000 and some change, which is mind-boggling to me. Why are we making this little old lady go broke because her husband is one of three seniors that will have dementia? Because if he didn't have dementia, if he didn't need custodial long-term care in a nursing home, if he had, say, heart disease that would be treatable, tragic, not a good situation, but would be treated with medication and it would be treated with surgery, that is covered by Medicare. So now, Fred and Wilma, Wilma is going to go broke because her husband had the audacity to have dementia instead of heart disease. And this is just like, I don't know. I, it, to me, it is just crazy. And we talk about it here every week. And I, I'm getting tired of telling people, I'm sorry, but your government is failing you. But I'm telling you, you need to take this into your own hands because we're meeting families every week going broke to this. Um, and so you can find out all about how to protect yourself at our upcoming workshop. But what I want to talk to you about is maybe somebody's listening to this and they're saying, well, man, I am in this situation right now. I'm in this situation right now, and we're going through all the money, and what can we do? If you are in this situation right now or soon to be in this situation, right, somebody in your family is unhealthy and likely to need nursing home care soon, you need to reach out. We will give you a free consultation. You'll sit down with our lawyers. We'll figure it out if we can help you. Oftentimes the answer is even after someone is in a nursing home, we can still protect a heck of a lot of money um, because he, here's the thing about Medicaid. Medicaid has rules, and I just gave you 
the general eligibility rules, right? How much money you can keep, how it kind of works. But there are also exceptions to those rules, right? Um, and if we understand how those exceptions might apply to your family, and oftentimes there are opportunities, it is not uncommon for us to be able to protect 50 60% of a single person's net worth even after they've gone into a nursing home. And for a married couple, we can protect a heck of a lot more. So how do we do it? Well, this is the part where I say don't try this at home because this stuff is complicated. Okay, it's complicated. But I'll give you a simple example. Well, not a simple example. I'm going to give you a quick example. Um, let's go back to Fred and Wilma. Fred's in the nursing home. Wilma is out in the community. And they have $200,000 in a house. So if Fred and Wilma came into our office, we might transfer the house to her name. Let's assume we have a good power of attorney. And then she's allowed to keep 100000 He's about to lose 100000 Remember, she's allowed to keep half. He's going to spend half. Well, rather than losing $100,000, which would take, what, seven months or so, um, what if we could protect that money for her? What if she was allowed to keep that money too? Is it, is, wouldn't that be a better scenario? And, of course, that would be a better scenario. So how do we do it? Well, remember, don't do this at home. Every family is different. Um, but what we might do is take the $100,000 that they're over-resourced by. they got $100,000 too much. He's either going to spend it on the nursing home in seven months, or if we do this other thing, we can protect it for her. Going back to where I was talking about eligibility, remember I said that the healthy spouse's income is safe from the nursing home. The assets count, but the healthy spouse's income is safe from the nursing home. Well, it turns out that deep within the Medicaid regulations, deep, deep, deep within how to become eligible for Medicaid, there's a rule that says that you are allowed to convert assets into income. Now, let's think about this. We have $100,000 too much, too many assets over-resourced, $100,000. But if we can convert an asset into income, hmm, well, that impacts the eligibility rules, right? Because now we don't have those assets anymore. And if we can convert assets into income and we get that income in the healthy spouse's name, Wilma, well, wait a second. Tim, you just said, that the healthy spouse's income doesn't count. And that's right. So we're taking assets, we're converting them into income, and we're buying income in the healthy spouse's name, and the state is not allowed to count the healthy spouse's income, which means Wilma gets to keep the money. That is what we call a spousal annuity plan. Now, you can't do this on your own. You're going to get the math wrong. You're not going to get the right type of income. You're going to, you know, so, but here's, here's the takeaway. If you're listening to this episode, if you're finding this at all interesting, um, here, here's what I want you to know. It may not be in your family, but somewhere in your circle is a person who may be dealing with this. It may be somebody at work. It may be somebody at work's parent. 
It may be somebody at church. It may be somebody at synagogue. It may be somebody that um, is just a friend of the family whose parent is currently paying privately for the nursing home. And they're in the nursing home. They're writing the check. And I can bet you they don't know what I just said. They don't know that there are things that you can do to protect your money from the nursing home even after you've been admitted. Now, it's not the nursing home's fault that we have this broken government system, okay? They're providing care. They deserve to be paid. But when I'm representing my clients, it would be my preference that they get the care and have the state pay for the care rather than my client pay for the care because I've got a senior who still needs their home and we don't want to lose the home for the healthy spouse. So if you could find it within yourself to think and say, you know what? My coworker Jen, her mom is sick. And maybe what we could do is I could say, hey, I heard this radio show, and this guy said there's something you could do. You ought to listen to the radio show. Or you ought to call them for the free consultation because the guy is saying he can protect you an awful lot of money after somebody's in a nursing home. And if you make that phone call and they make the phone call to us, you might have just saved someone's home, and that seems to be a nice thing to do for someone. So you can find out a lot more information about how we do what we do at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Let's get seniors the care they need without going broke in the process. You can give us a call at 724 Five four six four two two seven. at any time. Uh, I thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember, don't try to do this on your own. This is complicated stuff. Uh, I appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you right here next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.